أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله Alhamdulillah who guided us to this, who guided us to Islam and to Iman and to his Mubarak house on this Mubarak hour of this Mubarak day and we were not to be guided. Oh Allah, to you is praise as is commensurate with the majesty of your countenance and the greatness of your authority. Oh Allah, we do not limit you with any praise we can come up with ourselves. Rather, we admit that you are the only one who knows the true extent of your praiseworthiness. And may the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon our master Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his pure wives and upon his Mubarak family and progeny and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the day of judgment. No. Brothers and sisters, our connection with the Qur'an weakens from time to time. We're in the lull the antipode on the other side of the year from Ramadan. It's been several months and it'll be several months. But it's good to open the Mus'haf and take a look again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says so many things in it that are overwhelming and like should be mentioned again and again whenever you see something that's overwhelming in its responsibility on the flip side of the coin, it also is a promise of overwhelming help and overwhelming support, overwhelming power from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, we vastly overestimate our own abilities to do things in life. We vastly overestimate our own value. We vastly overestimate our own reality when in front of Allah ta'ala or in front of other living things. And this is always a mistake. We always pay for these things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his book, That you do not wish for anything. You do not desire anything. Except for it's because Allah desired that you desired that thing. What does this mean? A wish or a whim is something that requires seemingly no effort on your part. In fact, when a person sits down and says, I wish this happened, and I wish I was a billionaire, and I wish I was president, and I wish you know, electricity was free, and I wish that you know, everybody in the world got along, and et cetera, et cetera, we roll our eyes at such a person. Why? Because it's as if the wish is something that's completely empty. It took no effort from you to make that wish, to make that desire. And it's such a light action. It's such an action devoid of any gravity or any weight, of any practical consequence, that we roll our eyes at each other and say, it's as if you did nothing at all. Someone, for example, owes you money. This is a very good practical lesson in theology, mashallah. Someone owes you money and they say, you know, I intended to pay you back. I intended to pay you back. Say what? See, intentions are between you and Allah Ta'ala. I just want my money. 
If you paid me back and you didn't intend to pay me back, I don't care. If you intended to pay me back and I didn't get my money, I don't care. Why? Because these things, they mean so little to us. However, that light action that we don't really take very seriously, that takes, as if it takes no effort at all in order to muster it. That light action, even that you cannot do except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desired you to do it. The idea of it doesn't enter your mind except for Allah desired for that idea to enter into your mind. That action doesn't happen except for Allah Ta'ala powered it, sustained it, made it occur. And without it, it's not going to happen. Now, oftentimes there are people who subscribe to a worldview, a particular worldview. When they hear about this, they say, well, if all of my actions are going to be contingent on Allah desiring them and Allah Ta'ala willing them, then what's the point of me putting in any effort into anything at all? This worldview is called kufr. If you subscribe to that worldview, then indeed there's really no point in you putting in any effort into whatever at all. If you're, des- if you're destined, you know, كُلُّ الْمُيَسَّرُ لِمَا خُلِقَ لَهُ The hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that everybody will find a path facilitated for them, which leads to that thing that they were created to be. That if Allah Ta'ala created you to be from the hellfire, or me from the hellfire, will iyadu billah Allah Ta'ala be our protection? Then what's the point of fighting it? There's no point in fighting it. And there are some people who don't really fight it all that much, and that's going to be what their reality is. Now, if you inside yourself right now feel like, well, yeah, if there's no point, why am I even here at Jumu'ah? That's a bad sign. If you inside, when hearing this, this piece of information, realize the only buddy, the only one who can save you from that fire, the only one who can make the decision that doesn't take you into that fire, that doesn't take you into Jahannam, that doesn't take you into damnation, the only one is who? Is Allah Ta'ala. Then you will strive in asking Allah Ta'ala, seeking from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that He's the one He can make a decision. The decision doesn't cost Him anything, it doesn't burden Him anything, it doesn't bother Him anything. And He Himself says that whoever asks from Me, I'll give to them. It's not just something I'm making up. Allah Ta'ala said in His Quran his, Himself, He says, in words more elegant and eloquent than anything I could make up. That when your Lord said, call upon me so that I may answer you. When my slaves ask you about me, tell them I am very nearby. And I am the one who answers the call of the caller upon me when he calls upon me. So let them call upon me and let them believe in me so that they can fulfill, fulfill their objective from this life. لَعَلُّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ الرُّشْدْ مَاذَا يَعْنِي ضِدَّ الضَّلَالِ وَالْخِيبَةِ Rushd is what? It's the opposite of misguidance, meaning being lost. And it's the opposite of what? Failing to fulfill your objective in life. Failing to fulfill your maqsid, the objective that you have in doing something. Let them call upon me. Let them call upon me and let them believe in me so that they can fulfill the objective of what their life is. What is your objective? Your objective is salvation from the hellfire. This all builds up to what? To the one thing that I wanted to mention in this khutbah, which is something that hopefully will be of practical use for people in their life. 
One of the adhkar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that comes from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa which is described by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as kanzun min kunuzil jannah, that it is a treasure from the treasures of paradise. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Culturally, we've turned this utterance into something that it's really not meant to be or wasn't originally. It's become a rump of what the actual meaning of it is. Now it's, meaning this thing I, that you just said or that I just saw in front of me, this thing is disgusting. But that's not what it means. That's not even what the words mean. But culturally, this is what we've turned it into. Something you say when something is disgusting. But that's not what it means. In fact, it's very interesting, Imam Tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he actually makes an entire point in his aqidah, discussing this. He says regarding the slaves, he says, He's talking about you and me, the slaves of Allah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala did not burden them with anything more than they can bear. And he didn't give them the capacity to bear anything more than what he burdened them with. First of all, this is a very important, this is a very important concept, just right off the bat before he mentions about la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Which is what? That the entire universe, everything in it is fine-tuned. Ma tara fi khalqi rahmani min tafawut. You don't see like gaps or overshooting the mark in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is the mention of the orbits of the planets given? Because it's one of the few things in the created world that seems to have some sort of permanence and some sort of balance, some sort of eternity in it. The peripatetic philosophers, the people whose philosophy was built on the, uh, on the ideas of Aristotle, they actually believed that the stars moved in the exact same way forever and will move forever in the exact same way, we know that this is not the, this is not the case. We know it's not the case that all of this system will break down one day. There's only X is a finite number, number of times that the earth will go around the sun and we know necessarily it cannot happen forever. However, it's the closest thing in the creation that we can relate to, to something that is Eternal, something that is precise, something that's harmonious, something that's in balance. And we don't say that anything in this created universe is permanent. However, what we do say is that everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meets out and measures is completely precise. Completely precise. There's not too much of it and there's not too little of it. That there is no power that anybody has. There is no movement that anybody has. There is no ruse or trick that anybody has. To escape the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except for through His enablement. There is so much sin around you. There is so much sin around me. Our Asatiza, our Mashaykh used to say this. That we heard from our elders. There's no army in the world that will save you or stop you from committing a sin. The liar, there's no army that's going to stop him from lying. The thief, there's no army that's going to stop him from stealing. The, the, the fahish person, there's no 
army that's going to stop them from their fash. There are some people, they'll do all of these things anyway. They'll do all of these things anyway, despite knowing that they're going to get caught and despite knowing that they're going to suffer consequences for it in this world and the hereafter. There is nothing that will stop a person from any sin, except for what? Except for the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Except for the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَنَقُولُ لَا قُوَّةَ لِأَحَدٍ لِإِقَامَةِ طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا That there is no force that anyone can bring, no power that anyone can bring in order to establish the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except for by His enablement. Except for by His enablement. A person struggles to wake up for Fajr, a person struggles to fast, a person struggles to pay their zakat, a person struggles to hold their tongue back from backbiting, a person struggles to you know, do the things that they're supposed to do, a person struggles to stop from the things that they're supposed to stop. It's difficult, it's not easy. It should occur to some of us because we overestimate our abilities. We overestimate our abilities. It should occur to some of us that these things that we do, like showing up to Jum'ah, this is not a small matter. These things that we do, abstaining from eating pork, abstaining from eating haram, abstaining from consuming the money of riba, these things are, these are, are not small matters. It's like a fish swimming up the river. The only way it's possible is what? The only way it's possible is by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's aid. And then when you re realize the aid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is literally the entire universe exists between the kaf and noon of kun fayakun of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not something that he said in the past and then the wheel is just running downhill. There's no wheel and there's no hill. There's only Allah. Every instant, every moment, it's between the kaf and noon of kun. And if that utterance was ever removed from the creation, none of it, none of it has any ability to exist on its own. This is again not a rhetorical flourish that I made up. Tahawi himself, Rahimullah Ta'ala, says, Nobody is free of need from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, even for the twinkling of an eye, even for an instant. And whoever falsely thinks inside of their head that anything is free of need from Allah Ta'ala in any way, shape, or form, even for the twinkling of an eye, that person has disbelieved. They don't know who Allah Ta'ala is. What they think is Allah is something other than who Allah Ta'ala is. That person has disbelieved and they've become one of the people of perdition, of loss. Min ahlin, one of the people of destruction. The point is, is what? Is just like all of these things seem so difficult for us. Allah Ta'ala is the one who made them difficult. Allah Ta'ala is the one who made them difficult. He knows He made us the way we are in terms of our own weakness and inability to do things. And He also made them fard. And He also, Jalla wa'ala, He's the one who, nothing He does is dhulm. All of these things, if you plot all of these points together, map all of these points together, it leaves us with a, a particular picture. If you wish to spend a little bit of thought in connecting the dots. Which is what? Which is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made all of these things such that there's no way through this difficulty and the, through this test except for that a person should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like a baby cries for its mother. 
babies don't even know how to make an eloquent plea. Oh, my mother, you know, my whatever, my, uh, I'm suffering hypoglycemia and my glucose levels will tank. And if I don't get milk within the next this many minutes, then I might suffer retinal damage or God knows what, you know, like your doctors will tell you all about. He doesn't know any of those things. Doesn't know them, cannot express them, none of it. The baby just cries, the mother comes. وَذْكُرِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا يعني انقطع إليه انقطعًا Take the name of your Lord, mention the name of your Lord, honor the name of your Lord, and cut off from everything completely. Even the person says, Allah. What is it? It's not really a dua, you're not really asking for anything. You just call on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala helps you. And if you called on Allah so many times, people are like frazzled. They're like, you know, all this pious stuff, this is great. You know, it sounds wonderful in storybooks and whatnot, but I tried it, it doesn't work. I cannot give up alcohol. I cannot give up zina. I cannot give up pornography. I cannot give up, you know, uh, haram money. I can't give up this. I can't give up that. I cannot give up transacting in, in, in haram because I tried it one time and like I damn near became homeless or I was homeless for 10 years because of it, this, that, and the other. Whatever thing the person puts out. Did it occur to you, this is also Allah Ta'ala's plan that you go through all of those things and you still don't give up? Did it occur to you also that sometimes some people, the plan of Allah Ta'ala for them is what? Is that they will never surmount the challenge in this world. And their victory is what? Is to die trying. Imagine on the day of judgment, someone comes to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is the one who says that the person who dies when they're making hijrah, then it's Allah's responsibility to fulfill their reward. That a person, when it's shown in front of everybody, because people, everybody, we judge one another. For some people, the you know, person who doesn't pray is a bad Muslim. The other person doesn't pray, but the person who doesn't eat halal is a bad Muslim. The person who doesn't fast is a bad... Everybody, Allah made your, your test difficult in different ways. For some people, one thing is easier than it is for another. Imagine that person on the Day of Judgment when it's revealed how difficult their test was, how the amount of sabr they had to do just to fail the test was something manifold, so many times more than what another person had to do in order to pass. And they never gave up. They never gave up. What better expression of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there than that? Somebody who says, you know, like my father, you're the, someone's father was like separated them for, you know, like 20 years. And then finally when they meet again, they say, you know, I never forgot you. I sent you a letter every single day. Go find it at this address and they'll see, mashallah, there's like, Every day for the last 20 years, this, their son wrote a letter. Don't you think the father will be happy with that person? The idea is what? Don't overestimate your abilities. This is itself a recipe for failure that's greater than all other failures are. When you have this thought, shaitan comes to you or your nafs comes to you and says, this is pointless, stop trying, give up. Say what? لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. If I fail today, I'm going to try again tomorrow. If I fail tomorrow, I'm going to try again the next day. I don't know, it's not in my power whether I'm successful or I fail. But at least my intention is what? That I'm going to die trying. And you don't know what happens. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala opens up doors and you'll reach somewhere where you never thought it was possible. Some of us are there right now. If we think back 20 years before what was there in our life, we wouldn't have thought that the thing that we have right now is possible. Everything that's impossible otherwise is only possible through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq to die on iman and to die on this mubarak struggle. May He accept it from us and have mercy on us for our weaknesses and falling short and screwing things up again and again and always give us another chance. May He always give us another chance and take us in a way that pleases Him.